0: It's time to play like a Jet. With your host, Scott Mason. Play like a Jet, what does that mean? I made it clear that my intention was to play, and my intention was to play for the New York
1: Jets. Rodgers going for it all, looking to bring it open. He's got it! Lazard, gonna go! Touchdown! Rodgers snaps it quick, scrambles to his right, pumps and runs, and Rodgers is inside the pylon! Wilson, a big play downfield. Allen, tripped up. He could not
0: get past Jermaine Johnson. Oh, look at the speed of Brees Hall. He's
1: done it again. Brees lightning, 62 yards for the touchdown. And he's sacked again by Quinn number 95
0: for the jets Listen. thank you this is play like a jet my name is scott mason you can follow me on twitter at play like jet one and it's time for part one of the weekend mailbag and so for that we bring in our friend who is the editor over at JetNation.com, mr glenn naughton glenn welcome back to the show my friend
1: glad to join you scott always a good time and uh i'm sure lots of fantastic questions to cover
0: Indeed, there are. And we will start with one of our regular mailbag participants, Michael Christopher. He asks, if Chase Young is available from Washington, either at the beginning of the season or midseason and you were the Jets, would you try to trade for him if it didn't cost the first round pick? Which division is better, the AFC East or the AFC North, in your opinion? So that's question number two. Michael loves to do this. He'll run through a whole bunch of questions, so we'll go one by one. And also, Michael asks, looking at the fifth-year decline player options for this year, like Becton, if you could swap someone for Becton whose fifth-year option wasn't picked up, who would you do it for? And you can't pick Chase Young in this instance. So let's start with Chase Young. Would I trade for him if I was the Jets? Honestly, I don't know because he hasn't been able to stay healthy. We know the talent he has, but you really sort of want to see him prove it. And depending on how valuable the pick is, you're going to need those picks because, remember, you just traded what's probably your first-round pick next year in the Aaron Rodgers deal. You just drafted Will McDonald and Jermaine Johnson at edge rusher. I know you can never have enough good ones, and if you believe he can be dominant, then you would at least look into it. But at this moment, as much as I like Chase Young coming out of Ohio State, I probably wouldn't do it unless you could get him for very little.
1: Yeah, I think that it's... I think the, the, the fact that he's missed so much time but he's as talented as he is is what makes it a tough trade to look at because you can't envision Washington taking less than what they believe is fair value, and his talent would suggest he's worth quite a bit, but the time he's missed it makes him a guy that I wouldn't give that much up for. So would I Would I trade for Chase Young for a late pick? Absolutely. But would Washington give him up for a late pick? I don't see any way that's happening. So. I'd I'd go after him for the right price because of the injury history, but I just don't see Washington willing to do that.
0: Next question from Michael was which division is better, the AFC East or the AFC North. That's a tough one cuz I think you have the possibility of every team in each of those divisions having a winning record. Think about it. The Browns are due for a bounce back year. You have to figure Deshaun Watson will play better in 2023. The Bengals are obviously one of the teams to beat in the AFC. You've got Lamar Jackson coming back with the Ravens. Todd Monken as the offensive coordinator now. They added some weapons there. They're always dangerous. They also have one of the best coaches in the league in John Harbaugh. And speaking of one of the best coaches in the league, you got the Steelers, who had a surprisingly good year last year, came this close to making the playoffs. Mike Tomlin, one of the best coaches in the league. Kenny Pickett seemed to improve quite a bit down the stretch last year. He goes in a year two. George Pickens, you would figure, is going to continue to Blossom is a wide receiver. The Steelers have excellent players on defense. So that's a really tough division. We already know what we think about the AFC East. We've talked about it many times. That's a really difficult question. I guess it really depends on who you think is better, the Browns or the Patriots. Here's what I'll say. I think that the AFC East has more teams that have a chance to contend for a championship but I think you can make the case that the AFC North has more teams that could contend for a playoff spot. Does that make sense, Glenn?
1: Yeah, I think uh, I think that's a fair way of putting it. And I think you know it's, it's a really good question. And for me, it comes out to Deshaun Watson. He, he's the X factor that determines which division is better. Both, you know, both divisions have really good teams with postseason with, you know, with a good shot at the postseason. The Patriots, you would say, are, I, I, I would say, probably bottom of the pile and and Pittsburgh or sorry Baltimore brings back you know uh Lamar Jackson so you expect them if he stays on the field you know there's some questions there with his injury history but if he's on the field he's going to produce the Bengals or the Bengals and the Browns I think I think the biggest factor is is Deshaun Watson if he plays like he did last year then I would say the AFC East is the better division um, but if he Cleans things up and plays the way he did a couple of years ago, then I would give I would give them the edge and uh, that you know that receiver group in Cleveland I think doesn't get talked about enough. I think that's a really good group and I think that Deshaun Watson if he is uh, if he is himself or the guy who he was when he was traded for I would give Cleveland the edge. But going off of his most recent film, I would give the AFC East the edge for that reason.
0: And the last part of Michael's question, which player would you swap out for Makai Becton if you could, who also had his fifth-year player option declined after being picked in the first round of the 2020 draft? I was looking at the list. I guess it would probably be Patrick Queen. I think Patrick Queen has probably been the best player of the guys that have had their fifth-year option declined. Now, Michael did say we can't pick Chase Young in this scenario, so he's out the window, and with that being the case, Queen plays a position that the Jets need. Remember, he was third in the defensive rookie of the year voting. There's certainly talent there. So that would probably be the guy that I would pick based on the list of guys who had their options declined because many of those guys had their options declined for a very good reason. Glenn I'm going to read the list off to you so we'll see if you agree with me Jeff Okuda is not eligible because of that trade from the Lions to the Falcons So we can't include him Isaiah Simmons didn't have his option picked up Neither did C.J. Henderson Javon Kinlaw from the 49ers Austin Jackson the tackle from the Dolphins Kayla LeVon Chason from the Jaguars Jalen Ragor Kenneth Murray from the Chargers Cesar Ruiz, who actually liked a lot coming out of college. He wasn't picked up. The center from the New Orleans Saints. Jordan Brooks from the Seahawks not picked up. Patrick Queen, who I talked about before. Noah, whose last name starts with an I on the Dolphins. I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce that one. And then Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is the other one who didn't have his option picked up. Glenn, if you had to swap one of those guys out for Makai Beckton, who would it be?
1: I would probably go with Isaiah Simmons because of those guys who were not picked up, he was probably my favorite um, in this class. He's been he hasn't been the impact player that a lot of people expected, but he's still very young, um, off the charts athleticism, and a position that where I think he could start right away if you added him to this Jets team. So Isaiah Simmons would be the guy that I would take. Play like a Jet. Play like a Jet.
0: Next question comes in from Say My name if He asks why has Bryce Hall not tried to make the switch to safety? The Jets have an oversaturated defensive back room, and safety's a big hole. Seems like there could be an opportunity for a guy like him to make the switch. Honestly, I just don't think he fits at safety. I don't know that he has the skill set for it. I don't think he has the athleticism to be a free safety. I don't know that he hits hard enough or can cover in the box well enough to be a strong safety. And I just don't know if he's ever going to be anything more than depth at any position, to be honest.
1: Yeah, I, I've, I've heard quite a few people say that. I think we may have had a similar question a couple months back. <coughs> Pardon me. Um, I think we may have had a similar question a couple of months back. I, I look at it similar to the situation. It reminds me of, and, and again, slightly different players, but he, also, he wasn't the most athletic guy. But when the Jets drafted Justin Burris and things weren't working out with him, I kind of thought, and I said when he was drafted, that he was a guy I thought that might get a look at safety. Um, and the Jets never looked at him there, but some other teams did. And now he's been in the league as a starting safety for a couple of years now. So, you know, he's he's not a you know, he's not an all pro player, but he's found himself a little uh, an, a, a way to make rosters as a starter. He got himself a decent contract a year or two ago. Uh, my, my my thing is, give the guy a look um, if, if he's on your roster and he just keeps getting buried on the depth chart. You know, we don't know where he is right now, but we know, of course, they just. They they just added. Um, well, they they have listed Bernard Converse as a safety. To be fair, um, who he is a corner who's getting a look at safety. But it's it's a fair question because of the fact that he's not getting on the field as it is. They haven't needed safety. He's a defensive back, and I, I, I again I know I know we discussed it previously, and I had that thought a while back. I thought you know. The, Justin Burris was a guy in a similar situation He was drafted to play corner Wasn't getting a lot of playing time um, Jets just let him go And other teams worked him out there So I think giving him a look makes sense But to, to the, the Jets To be fair they're, they're the ones seeing him every day in practice I know we we'll have some game film on him And he wasn't you know, he wasn't an all world player. But if the Jets feel like he's not a fit at safety, that would be, you know, the obvious reason as to why they're not doing it. But at the same time, I wouldn't see the harm in them saying, you know what, we're going to give him some run there and see how it works out and see if he surprises us. Because otherwise, he's going to be another another draft pick that uh, that gets that goes by the wayside and doesn't make the roster.
0: Next question comes in from Godson5. He asks, can the season come fast enough and can Jets fans expect good things to happen? Hate thinking negative, but it always feels like when, not if, something bad will happen with this team. Well, I guess the Chuck Clark news is not exactly positive. But look, honestly, it's football. This is how it goes. It's really this way in sports, period, but especially in football, injuries can happen All kinds of unexpected negative things can happen All you can do is look at what appears to be the situation And judge it based on that Right now, there's many reasons for optimism You can be pessimistic if you want, I suppose But I'd rather just be happy that things appear to be going in the right direction And hope for the best If things start happening that are negative, then we can worry about it then
1: Yeah, listen, it's, you know, the Jets couldn't... uh couldn't make it through OTAs right without losing a player. It looks like for the year, it, it's it's really frustrating. But as far as uh, being excited for the season, I mean, this is excited. This is as excited as Jets fans have been in a very long time. And who can blame us? You know, there's there's a lot of people. Uh, Scott, I, I think it's it's strange. I, I literally hear people, and 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 I, I said this the other day, right? Every fan base has a certain segment of their fans, whether it's. Five percent or ten percent, like people are just going to have a lot of really brain dead takes. Like they're just going to say things for the sake of saying them. They're either trolling or they're just not very bright. But I saw, you know, I've seen a, quite a few people who are who are acting like the uh, going from from Zach Wilson to Aaron Rodgers isn't that big of a deal. You know, oh, they're still the Jets. Like, no, they're not. No team is the team they were before when you go from bottom two or three QB play to Hall of Fame QB play. And I don't care if Aaron Rodgers has taken 10 steps back, he is going to be immeasurably better than what the Jets had last year. And anyone who's. Refusing to see that is it's its almost I, I mean, listen, people are free to do what they like with their time, but I don't know why you're wasting your time watching football if you think there's any possibility that that Aaron Rodgers will not be astronomically better than what Zach Wilson was last season. So Jets fans are pumped. We're excited, as we should be. You know, there, there are some fans, as I said before, Scott, some fans are so excited, they won't let you ask a question about the team, because everything's great, everything's perfect, and how dare you say they need a tackle, and how dare you say they need a QB2, and shut up about linebacker, and leave me alone about safety, like any negative word, like that to me is a little over the top, like you still have to call it like it is. And right now, Zach Wilson is not an NFL caliber quarterback, but he's the Jets QB, two, So they should be making a move there. Um, if that upsets people, then that's that's too bad. It's it, it's a fact. Um, and the fact that the team hasn't done anything yet don't, doesn't mean they won't do anything. But can I wait for the season? Listen, we got to wait for it. We have no choice. But, yeah, I'm, I'm as pumped up as I've been in a long time. And I'm already looking at uh, I've been looking at flights to possibly come over for a couple of games this year.
0: Next question comes in from Steven Schaefer. I guess this is really more for me because, Glenn, you haven't really gotten through Justified yet. He asks, who is your favorite non-Boyd Crowder adversary of Raylan Givens? This is a tough one, but I'm going to say Arlo Givens, Raylan's father, That was a really interesting relationship and a crazy dynamic, and even though Arlo wasn't technically his enemy in the same way Boyd Crowder was, he absolutely ended up being one of his major adversaries throughout the show. So I actually really loved Raymond J. Barry as Arlo, and I thought that he played a fantastic foil for his son, Raylan. That's one of the more interesting relationships throughout the course of the show. Next question comes in from Dave Epstein. He asks, do you see a set wide receiver one, two, and three that play all downs, or do you see sub packages based on formation, distance, et cetera? They're going to mix and match. On paper, obviously, you look at it and say that the top three wide receivers here are Garrett Wilson, Alan Lazard, and Corey Davis at the moment. But there will be different formations where you'll see me, Cole Hardman. I'm sure you'll see some Randall Cobb. They may even mix and match with more than one running back on the field, more than one tight end. It'll all be depending on, as you said, the situation, the down in the distance and all of that. But on paper, those three guys, Garrett Wilson, Alan Lazard, and Corey Davis are your top three receivers. Doesn't mean that they're going to be in together on every single play.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a good question because I've, I've thought quite a bit about the Davis Lazard thing. I mean, you're right. Those are the top three guys. They should see the majority of the reps. I think, you know, if you look back at the, the number of snaps Alan Lazard has played in the slot, he's done it fairly extensively. So I would expect to see him there a fair bit this year when they go with those top three guys. But I think the, the number two spot is interesting because I. I, I expect Lazard to get the nod because you know he, he's brought in and, and the familiarity with Aaron Rodgers and all that. But really, if 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 Lazard and Davis are both fully healthy, I think Davis is the better player. So, are you going to play your best guys, or are you going to play the guys who you think are best for the offense? Because the quarterback wants that, you know, because Aaron Rodgers wants Alan Lazard out there. And then, of course, there's a question, Scott, of whether or not Corey Davis is around. Uh, You know, we know the Jets have said all the right things about him, but uh, he just he just sat out OTAs, and I know him having a baby gave them a good excuse to say that's why he's not here. But we've been saying for quite a while now that you know both both you and I said we thought he could stick around this year when everybody else was kind of saying, "Well, he's gone; he's an easy cap cut." But now we're at a point where they've created enough depth at the position. That you wonder if the Jets have approached. I would expect the Jets approach him about a pay cut, and if that's not going over well, um, may, maybe Corey Davis isn't on this roster, and maybe it's over money. But uh, if if every if everything stays as it is now, those are the top three guys. See Lizard in the slot plenty, and as you said, and as teams do, a lot of the personnel package are, they are going to be based on down distance and what you know what they're seeing the defense try to do.
0: Next question comes in from Jim Jets. He says, Scott, thanks so much for answering my question in the mailbag with Andy Vasquez about OTAs. No problem, Jim. It was our pleasure. Great show as always. How much longer till September? Glenn, it is June right now, so if my math is correct, I believe it's three months, right?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, give or take a couple months. You're you're in the ballpark.
0: <laughs> Next question comes in for Peter J. Dillard. He asks, Are you surprised the Jets sign Amos? Do you think that was the plan all along to sign a vet? Or do you think it was just a reaction to Chuck Clark? Also, do you think he will be handed the free safety spot or have to battle with Tony Adams? Last question, is it safe to say Denzel Mims is a goner as he did not do anything at OTAs? And then Peter throws in, okay, really my last question. Have I mentioned lately how great a job you're doing? You guys are the best. Shout out to Glenn as well. Well, thank you so much, Peter. And by the way, obviously, you are one of our favorites because you are the one who came up with Usurper. And you will be a legend on the podcast forever for that. So Glenn, let's go through all of this. Peter asked about what happened with Amos. I think it might very well be like the Dwayne Brown situation where the Jets were dipping their toe in the water, maybe planning on trying to do something with Amos, and then the Chuck Clark injury happened, and it really sped up the timeline. Because from what you hear... Amos visited the Ravens, and then the Jets sort of swooped in. It almost seems a little bit, Glenn, like the reverse of what happened with Odell Beckham Jr. The Jets looked like they were probably going to get something done with him, and then the Ravens swooped in out of necessity and grabbed him. In their case, they needed an offensive weapon, and they were trying to do something for Lamar Jackson. In this case, the Jets needed to swoop in because of the injury to Chuck Clark. So I think they probably were interested, but they had a heightened sense of urgency Once the Chuck Clark injury happened and then as far as whether or not he's going to compete with Tony Adams or be handed the free safety job, I think he's definitely going to compete with Adams. If Adams outplays him in training camp in the preseason, no reason that Adams can't have the job, especially since Amos is coming in on such a cheap contract. There's no obligation on the part of the Jets to start him at free safety. And the last question about Denzel Mims, I don't think it's guaranteed he's a goner, but I'd say very strong likelihood he won't be here. We'll see if the Jets could get anything for him in a trade. Otherwise he may have to be released.
1: Yeah, I think I, I don't think Amos was something they'd been plotting because he's you know he's been out there forever. The timing of it tells us it was strictly a reaction to the the Clark injury. And I think that, that we're you know, it's gonna be something that a lot of folks have talked about is that, do the Jets run more three safety this year. Um, I think that's going to be tough to do with so few bodies because, or with so few quality bodies. But if they want Adams out, if they want Adams, if they like Adams as much as I suspect they do, I think we could see some more three, some more looks with three safeties. But if they're, if they're strictly going to go with two, I would give Amos a nod just again, as that sort of veteran guy, that veteran presence back there. And Adams is really going to have to work his tail off to beat him out. Um, but they don't, it's not as if, they have a ton of loyalty to, to even you know neither of these guys has been with the team five six seven years so I think that it's going to be a, about as fair a competition as you'll see and it's not going to be stacked toward one guy to win so I would look for Adams to to fight for that job and I wouldn't be shocked if he won it but I would I would think I would think he I wouldn't expect him to have the uh, the leg up in that competition um, as far as wide receiver goes I think or as far as Denzel Mims goes you know I've I've said I think that. Up to this point, the thing that's that's protecting him most is his draft status. But I think the time on that may even be going. Um, one guy we've uh, we've heard a little bit about in recent days, um, Jason Brownlee. He was a guy that I watched a fair bit of pre-draft. Um, I think I've, I did, I listed him as a player to watch in the combine, it, really, because I was looking forward to seeing. How he performed, and and he uh, he didn't perform as well as I expected. But you know, I forget what his forty time was, for example. But I know watching him in on game day, like he he's fast, he plays faster than whatever his forty was in Indy. So I knew that wouldn't be an issue. We heard Aaron Rodgers uh, give him uh, some credit the other day for the work he's doing, him and Xavier Gibson. But Gibson, more of a slot guy. But I think a guy like Brownlee could push him. Um, you know, watch them against Liberty last year, against Miami um couple other games uh where he just he shows the ability to, to high point the ball catch it in a crowd and just he make, makes a lot of a lot of circus catches like the guy's got fantastic hands and we saw it the other day on that the short clip that the jet social media team sent out the one-handed catch from zach wilson so i think a guy like like jason brownlee really could push denzel mims and i think it's going to take a miracle for mims to make the roster this season
0: That's going to wrap up part one of the mailbag. Thanks so much to Glenn Naughton, the editor of JetNation.com, for joining me. We'll be back with part two tomorrow. In the meantime, check out everything Glenn's doing at JetNation.com. And listen to Jet Nation Radio with Glenn and Dylan Terriman. Check out everything we've got going on over at playlikeajet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. We've got some awesome All 22 film breakdowns on our channel, so watch them and subscribe to our channel if you haven't already. YouTube.com/playlikeajet. Visit our store, tpublic.com. That's t e e public.com. We've got the John Frank Lemire's Quentin Williams "Bless You, Thank You" shirt, the Play Like a Jet logo shirt, caps, mugs, hoodies. It's all there. tpublic.com. That's t e e public.com.